from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's week of Friday, April 6, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Hagar USA. Ooh. Now in their 25th year, Hagar has a long history of providing hope, healing, and a brighter future to thousands of survivors of human trafficking, slavery, yes. and abuse. I know our listeners are interested in social justice issues, and Hagar USA's website has many resources to help you be an informed consumer, to understand the issues, and to advocate for change. You can also take action through their Justice Challenge, where you give up something like a cup of coffee or an evening out with friends and donate the savings to support a survivor's recovery. To learn more about Hagar, visit their website, HagarUSA.org. That's H-A-G-A-R-U-S-A dot org. And you can also follow them on social media. There you go. That's awesome. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Hat Coffles. Superstar. We'll get to that. Welcome Keep going. back. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Birthday boy. Ooh. And all the way from Damn Nashville, Tennessee, sitting in a room full of boxes. Yes. Author, speaker, podcaster, <laughs> Annie F. Downs. Hey now. <laughs> Good morning, gents. What's, what's going on with the, uh, with the boxes? Well, today, gentlemen, we're in my office. Mm-hmm. And the your view is the back, is like the backside of the office where we keep like extra books and stuff. Oh. But don't worry, there are... Definitely AFD letters in here. And also, they actually greet people at the door. I can turn you and show you. Hey, y'all. Annie, Annie. Oh, nice. I'm, I can't wait for slices today because I have the perfect addition to your office that we need to discuss. Uh, we'll get to it oh. in slices, but it's a it's a little foreshadowing. There's some things. Okay, so today, a little behind the scenes, uh, we are not recording on our normal day. We are uh, right. we normally record on Tuesday or Wednesday. We are recording on Monday morning because it is wild. Chandler is uh, leaving town. Early. He's going to try and edit as much of the show as he can, and then I'm going to do I'm the gonna, rest. I'm going to probably finish it. And that new suitcase. Be hard, and I made done. a silly, silly comment this week, not realizing. Did, did you hear about this? Because mm. I thought, oh well, if we need to record later in the week, I can record the show. Because mm. I figured, sure, yeah, you're I a can, professional you can, podcaster. You, you no, but like record yeah. and watch can, and make sure that yeah, it's not right. I could and, sit yeah. there, turn on all the buttons. But what Chandler brought up uh, wisely this morning is like, you know, you would have had to edit the show, and I'm like, ooh, I do not want to cut out half of what Annie says on my own. I want to leave that. To Chandler. Oh, oh boy. No, no. Eddie would have to self censor his <laughs> the, the random strings right. of profanity that he just unleashes at random times throughout the podcast. And that was just too much of a burden for him. But, but this show is yes. being released on the 6th, but we're recording it's it so on special. April 2nd, Ooh. which is a very Yay, special Jesse. day. It, it's it's Jesse Carey's birthday yes. today. Happy birthday, buddy. You big Thanks. Guy. I appreciate it. It's, you know. I mean, it's a huge day for people. Yeah. I, you know, all over the all over the world, people are just reflecting on me. And uh, you know, I, I hey, appreciate Jesse, are you it. one of these guys that goes around on the birthday and like takes your you know free drink from Starbucks and gets your free cupcake? At, you got at it. The, I mean, do you go around and like partake in all the the little freebies? 
I will today. I, that's my lunch break is going around and demanding freebies from places that don't even offer them. I, I have my driver's license out. I said, what does that say? And what is today? What can you give me? I will never shop here again. And if they don't, I call a massive scene. I have to oh, the rest of my birthday six different times. I would like I four don't. Doritos Locos and then they give you a total and you just look at them just without blinking and say, well, today's my birthday. Right. <laughs> and just wait and wait. And like, <laughs> you know, this is worth about seven cents anyway. Fine. Yeah, just so take it. Here you go. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Happy I'll, I'll pay. Yeah. At cost seven cents. Happy birthday to me. Give me the tacos. Yeah. What, what are we so, looking at age wise, Jessica? <laughs> uh, this is this is I mean, I guess it's a big one. It's yeah. it's the big three five. It's, it's a wrong right number. Yeah. The mid 30s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is midlife nice. crisis time. This oh, is halfway yeah. to, oh, to yeah. being dead. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. This, is, this is Cameron. I mean, I, I, I like to make to it think. past 70. No, I mean, come on. Not, not with his stress level. <laughs> no. Listen, listen, with my rock and roll lifestyle, I will be lucky. <laughs> I will be lucky to get to 70. So the way, what's your big you halftime know. performance then, Jesse? <laughs> oh, well, the world will see. The world will see. <laughs> yeah. Again, I have something to talk about in slices that may, uh, you know, I, I may have a midlife crisis that I'm going to uh, resolve with something that is in the news. So oh, we, you, oh. we'll get to that. Don't you All worry. Right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Um, you're foreshadowing a little bit in slices. So I'll foreshadow the other segments coming up later. Pastor and Hillsong founder, Brian Houston joins us. Now he's been on a huge PR you know, run. He, he was on Fox and friends. Yeah. He was on uh, the breakfast club with Charlemagne, the God, all these things kind of went viral, but he's, he's ending his press tour for his new book, uh, which is called There Is More, uh, uh, clearly with the most important platform that yeah, he, sure. uh, he yeah. is appearing Obviously. on. So. Yeah. The relevant podcast. Yeah, the relevant podcast. Uh, Brian Houston's coming up. And then also joining us on the show today, uh, one of our favorite artists, Kimbra. Um, she's giving a, a look at the songwriting process behind her upcoming album, Primal Heart. Very cool. What, artist. Are, what other podcasts you need? Brian Houston and Kimbra on That's my true. birthday. Well, the, well and on your birthday, that is that is the qualifier. <laughs> yeah, that's the clutch. That's yeah. the one. Because in, in his office, when, when Brian Houston was on the Breakfast Club, he was on with a controversial rapper Six Nine, and and yeah. what, what went viral is he when they were off well, air. He was yeah, it's coming pr- up, and in case you missed it, actually, the clip oh, oh, we have. The, oh, yeah, yeah, well, there you go. Well, he was so, praying for. Hey, him. I have some foreshadowing as well. Oh, looking okay. at Cameron only drinking three bottles of water and no diet coke, I'm foreshadowing you're going to be a pill to work with this afternoon. Real, <laughs> okay, real. Yeah, this is real talk. Okay. Like yesterday, like I had, I was working around the house. It was Easter afternoon, and I was painting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when I went to bed, I realized I drank uh, six liters of diet coke. Like <gasps> I drank three two liters. Over the course of the wow. afternoon, that's what? really intense. And, and I and I thought Karen. to myself, I probably should not do this anymore. Yeah, and I, I'm <laughs> like an all I don't or know nothing. Science, but I'm an all or nothing person, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I go all in. And when I'm super healthy, I'm like super healthy. Yeah. And when I'm not, I'm super not. So yeah. like I hit my wall last night. And so so you don't believe in moderation. It's either it's either six it. liters of it it's six liters of diet coke or I believe zero. it exists. I believe it exists. Yeah. No, and so I, I, I just as I woke up this morning when I went to bed last night I said okay tomorrow morning I'm going to start and and I'm going to be disciplined and I'm drinking water and water um, it is the three waters. Did you feel weird after drinking six diet cokes or six liters of diet coke? Yeah. Uh, do I feel weird? No, well, I just after, after drinking, I feel like my body would feel. I feel like I'd be sweating aspartame at that point. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> no. I that's the thing with me. It's like I I I, I don't eat like 
a hot tamale candy. I, I eat the family three pound bag. <laughs> this you is know, your like, Enneagram seven, bud. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I, I just like all or nothing. And so like, yeah. I, and my body's used to that shock and awe sort of approach, you know? So it's yeah. like, I don't ever feel weird the next day or anything. It's just like, speaking of not making it to 70, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I have so many chemicals in me. I'm mummifying myself. I'm going to make yeah. it to 120. I, I don't know You're how on it your works. Fifth bottle of water today. Yeah. You Five. have so Darren. many preservatives coursing through your bands. Like you're, you're essentially bulletproof from a caloric standpoint. That's what I'm saying. Also, your I metabolism am... is always on its toes. It's always on. It's like, That's it's true. like the MMA fighter who gets a call up the, you know, the weekend before the event and he doesn't need to train. He's always on his toes. Right. He's always, you know, that's what you're doing. It's you a know, constant it, training of the metabolism. Those workout people, they do muscle confusion. Workout right? people. Yeah, the yeah. workout people. <laughs> and I, I do metabolism confusion. Crossfitters like you. Yeah, yeah sure. I'm all carbs one week and then I'm pure protein the next. I'm, I'm yeah, it's, oh, just keep it on its toes. Yeah, I ate 17 baguettes this week. I, you know, I carved up. Yeah. I don't know what I'm carving next, up for. Next week, yeah, next week is is all crab legs. So, okay, so my body doesn't know what it's getting. But you know, you what, eat all of one kind of food that you're going to eat for a year every baguettes week. Baguettes and crab legs. This is a this is a true thing too. Like I, uh, I I can't believe I did this, but it's one of those like shock and awe, like all or nothing things. I, I, I'm not, I don't like just go work out three times a week or what it's just like, or five or whatever people do. And, and so uh, a friend of mine uh, who works at world vision was down and he's part of team world vision, their running thing, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. he's passionate about running and they have an event in um, August that they do every year called um, uh, like hood to coast or something like that. And it's just like, you have a team of runners and you go from Mount Hood and you run to the coast. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you go Mount like Hood you have a driver and like you're taking like turns, like you run like three or four or five miles and then you, you know, you'll jump in the van and mm-hmm. then somebody else is like Are a relay race. This? And Don't he, do it. he talked me into signing up for it. Oh, so I am all in and this is in August. And but so you like, get like no sleep. You nah. know that, right? Yeah. It's all night it's like long. A terrible, terrible thing. No, I know. I mean, but it's beautiful beautiful can I give you a piece of advice? Just knowing your training and diet methods. Yes. Don't train at all and just go 100 <laughs> percent the it. day of the race. That's it. That's it's like people who sign up for naked and afraid. It's like you, uh, you knew what you're getting into, but like Why? when you're there, it hits you and you. I know. Just so it right. I am That's fully right, like Chandler. I've never ever done anything like this. I figure I have four months to to get ready for it. Sure you do, but you won't. No, I will, but that's the thing. I will. Like, uh, but Cameron, your body's not used to training. It's used to being asked to do absurd things like metabolize six liters of Diet Coke in an afternoon. It would be used to like running a crazy race and not sustaining any damage. I think training would be a huge mistake. Yeah. Well, they have, I got an email from, from the team and they're like, all right, guys, training starts in late May, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, I need to get a jump on this. Like I need mm-hmm. to. I can't, I can't start when normal people start. I gotta, I got a ways to go to get ready to start. Don't you hate running with glasses on? Do you wear your contacts when you run? I don't, I've never done contacts. Mm -mm. I only do glasses. Nobody can put glass on their eyeballs. It's a terrible thing. I can't touch my eyeballs. That's not a thing. I can't fathom it. Well, I don't even, I, you know, I, I've talked about this many times, but I have actually more than perfect vision. It's very impressive. It's, it's over 2020. I, you know, it's basically a cool superpower I have, but when I run just for eye protection, rec specs, like old Kurt Rambis, (laughs) like Horace Grant goggles. That way, that's, that's my suggestion to you guys. I don't want anything impeding my, my, my eye eyes. There's stuff flying all over the place when you're running at speeds like I am and I'm screaming <laughs> oh, most right. of the time. You're just I'm flailing. What yeah. are you, you're yeah. kicking up a lot of particles. Yeah. Do you have glasses, yeah. Annie? 
No, I had LASIK, so I got nothing. Oh, nice job. It's nice. amazing. I can see anywhere all the time perfectly. It It's like a miracle. I cried the first couple of weeks. I cried all the time. Huh. And then it ruined it. Because it just amazed me. Yeah, the, the saline <laughs> just destroyed. It, it just, yeah, yeah, it just the, the I warned you, after these lasers Please cut your cry. eyeballs, you are, if you cry more than twice in a month, you, you are going to go blind forever. And yeah. you should <laughs> cry every day. So I have a friend who yeah. is a LASIK surgeon, and I was like super excited because I thought, here we go. Yeah. And he, he just looked at me. We were like in church together, and he just looked sideways through my glasses just yeah. to see like, and he's like, ah, sorry, you're not a candidate. And I'm like, Why? Because oh, wow. I don't have the right kind of wrong in my eyes. Like you can't. Oh man, I'm telling y'all, it, it it literally was the most most miraculous thing that has ever happened to me. Because they, you lay down, they laser your eyes, and you sit up, and you can see perfectly. What? Yeah, it's like a right away thing. I thought it was like it's a right couple away. weeks for you to heal. No, like, you no, like, no, no, no. He literally told like me to surgery. look at the clock across the room, and as we're sitting up, I look down at my hands, and I could see my hands perfectly. And I haven't seen my hands since like third grade without contacts or glasses, <laughs> and I started crying. I was like, I can see my hands. Wow. <laughs> I just, I, I've, I just feel like I have a face for glasses. Like I just kind of need, yeah. I need to, you look fine with that. Glasses, I need to accessorize. You look nice yeah, with glasses I see. I, 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 I know how you feel, Cameron. I feel like for a long time, I have a great face for either monocle or eye patch. Consulted. <laughs> <laughs> I've consulted many uh, optician. What are they called? Optician. Opticians. Whatever. You know, eye doctors, and I'm like, surgically, what can I do that I can wear this eye patch slash tinted monocle and not get headaches like I am now? And uh, you know, I'm doing some consulting, but soon I will be going full time monocle slash eye patch. So I know that'll be the midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of guys will like go get a motorcycle or grow their hair out or get an earring. You're gonna. You're going to just tinted go monocle. monocle. Yeah. Yeah. Just the yeah, tinted monocle too. And I want, I want a monocle. I want like the monocle that the guy on different world had, like with the glasses where I, it's, Wade? it's, yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne, you Wade. want him to flip up. I, I want, I want a monocle that flips up because it's my own thing. I don't see anybody that has it, but I'm always kind of well, winking to hold it in place. Would, but oh. even if it's sunny out, I go down with the tent. It, it's kind but of it's like a, a yellow cool thing, tent like know? Connor S. Thompson, right? <laughs> like it's kind of a, kind of like that huntery kind of tent. Is that what you're feeling? No, no, or, no, no. Yeah. or I want the Bono glasses. Or I want like what Brad Pitt wore through the 90s. Is just like <laughs> red tinted glasses in all situations. Like that's what I want. You know, um, but a monocle in before, monocle form. Before we get to in case you missed it, in uh, case we missed I, it. you know, I figured uh, Eddie has his a very special in case you missed it. Just last night, again when we're recording this, was Easter night. Okay, and NBC no, no, aired the live. Uh, musical uh, Jesus Christ Superstar starring Sarah Bareilles and John Legend. John Legend. Yes. Now listen, yes. I was not even told. What did you think? It it overwhelmed me. What it, do you, it was like the most beautiful thing I've seen artistically in a long time. So I flipped. Really? I forgot it was on. I mean, I we talked about it. He's on our cover. Too. It yeah. wasn't like so a, I, f- I saw you tweeting about it. Yeah. So I flipped over to it. And it was the the part where Judas was going before the Pharisees. Yeah. And and it was just such 70s music. It was just tough. And I was like, I can't do this. And yeah. I flipped the channel. I, I get... Go ahead, Jesse. I was going to say, I feel like I had some sort of like at least intellectual investment in it camera for the same reasons, you know, like worked on the cover story. And I, I I tweeted, I tweeted out the link to the legend thing at the beginning. And I was like, you know, I'll give this thing a chance. I'm not a big musical guy. And within minutes, I'm like, 
I am just reminded how much I hate musicals and how bored I am instantly <laughs> so turning the song. Two things. And number one, it was 70s, 70s, 70s. And I just, that wasn't the kind of music I grew up on. I just don't have a connection to it. But then two, I, I read that um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, when he wrote it, Jesus Christ Superstar, yeah. he was 22 years old. 22. That's yeah, incredible. I saw that. Jonathan yeah. Merritt tweeted that. Yeah. There were some, wow. uh, I mean, there were just... It, like on so many levels. First, if you listen to the old score, and I'm not old. I mean, if you listen to like the 20, I think it's like the 2012 cast recording, it very much has a 70s vibe to it. Like just, I don't know, that echoey kind of vocal and a lot of real thin acoustic guitars and that. But they updated the music and it was just a lot. I mean, it still has, it's still what it is. It's still clearly a 70s musical, but just it was the band was amazing. The acting was so good. And it was just as a performance piece, every vocalist was stunning. Even Alice Cooper, who I thought was going to be kind of like a throwaway, like, Oh, this guy's kind of goofy. He did an amazing job. It was, but, really, but here's my, here's my really problem touching. with, with, with what I saw, which is only a few minutes before I'm like, Oh boy, I can't do this. was like, <laughs> are, are musicals capable of subtlety? It seemed like every single thing was so over the top that it was just, I can't do this. It, it was so melodramatic. Is that just with musicals in general, Eddie, that there is zero subtlety in them? No, it's different, different styles of writing. This is not supposed to be, there's nothing supposed to be subtle about this. It's supposed to be Clearly, a yeah. dramatic, flashy, <laughs> current retelling of the story of Jesus. Like it's not, yeah. Everyone was bloody and sweaty and crying and and singing as loudly as right. they can. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> Did you love the musical before uh, last I, night? It Eddie? is not my favorite musical and it still isn't. You're more I, of a yeah. cats guy. More of a cats guy. Mm, yeah. 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 I mean, when For we sure. talk about, but cats is the same guy. Andrew, isn't it? Same era, same guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very yeah, similar. Yeah, so it's Phantom, right? Isn't Phantom his too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, the first wow. African American... He wrote Phantom when he was nine. The first African American... <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. I got um, me good. It was it's a third right. grade project. He hit it out of the park. Hit it out of the park. <laughs> well, it was amazing. Everything. The did set, you weep? The set... Does, I did, a little bit. Well, weep or you? tear up? Uh, tear up. Like I've, Did I, it go down the cheek? No, I caught it. Okay. Yeah. No, I caught it right. Wait, away. caught it like you pulled did it back you in or you the wiped? Ground. What's that? At any point, did you punch the ground? I did not punch the ground. I have my, <laughs> okay. my uh, doctor's appointment today to clear my hand. I don't have Your time to punch the ground. Your hand still looks a little pasty. It doesn't, yet you keep saying that. The doctor's like, listen, the muscles and everything in the skin and, and the bones are going to heal perfectly in the hand. But forever, the hand's going to be weird and pasty. Yeah, you're going uh, to you have a pretty white friend telling you you look pasty forever. So <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, All right. Jesus Christ Superstar. Everybody should go back to NBC and watch it. It was very touching. I have it on DVR. I'm going to watch it. Oh. So, so full, full approval. Full endorsement. Well, everybody whined because there's too many commercials, which I get, but also I didn't pay anything for my ticket last night. So I'm fine with commercials every couple of You understand months. how capitalism <laughs> works. Right. Like, you know, you, yeah. there was like 500 people on the crew to make this thing happen. What? Yeah. And just logistically, a live TV musical, like set changes have to, I mean, oh. you need all the commercial breaks you can get. Did, they, did they build that, that stadium thing? Because it was like, I think they either built, this is Red Rocks or, I mean, no, I think it's inside like of a sound stage. It was a full sound stage yeah. that they built. The set was really what was surprising because usually the sets are just kind of like it was very dynamic and it moved a lot. It was its own character. It was beautiful. Did y'all see that Jonathan mm. Merritt was there host of the faith angle from the oh, relevant podcast? He was, oh, he was there. Oh he, yeah, he was there. He live tweets. So his he life. Has, yes, we knew he was there. He has all these video like he did all this live stuff. And so before it started, 
the the guy who was warming everybody up said, welcome to the opening night of Jesus Christ Superstar. And also, welcome to closing night of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> <That's really laughs> funny. The guy who did, he said that joke was like, he's been preparing for it ever since an NBC announcement. He's like, I got the perfect joke for the live TV production. For sure. For sure. The guy that but played- he, Jonathan did tons of fun, like you should go back and he did tons of fun videos on Instagram that you can see of them when they're during the commercials, when they're changing the set and Annie, this isn't throwing any shade against Jonathan Merritt because I, I you know, I like Jonathan a lot, but which means he's about to throw shade. Like but watching ahead. videos of the set changes sounds even slightly more boring than actually watching the musical itself. So <laughs> that's a hard, that's a hard pass for me. A I'm very all hard about pass. behind the scenes. I lo- it's conspiracy theory stuff, Jesse. I thought I'd have you on yeah. that. It's seeing what everyone else doesn't get to see. Yeah. Well, I hope you like it, Annie. I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but I'll give you a but clue. But happy Easter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, moving the show along, it's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment outside of musicals. Yeah. It's time for... In case you missed it. Hey, in case you missed it this week, uh, this show's guest, our, our guest this week, Brian Houston, uh, prayed with controversial rapper 6ix9ine before his Breakfast, Breakfast Club interview. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, this this video went viral. So the rapper is known for extremely explicit <laughs> lyrics, um, common use of like gang imagery, intensely misogynistic writing. But before the, the show started recording, um, Brian wanted to lead him in prayer. So somebody was filming it in mm-hmm. the studio, but this was not on the air. This was just literally just behind the scenes mm-hmm, and yeah. the video went viral. Um, the pre-show was being streamed on Facebook Live. That's what was going on. Uh, here's, here's a clip. Strong, it'll keep him healthy, have him make wise and good decisions so that he can fulfill all of that potential that you've given him. Lord, I just ask right now for those who he loves, his little girl, father, people in this world, that you will also bless them. We pray for Charlemagne. We thank you for him. And thank you, Father, for all you're doing in and through his life as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know what was interesting? We posted this on the site, and a lot of people on Facebook were like criticizing Brian Houston for praying with him. Like really? six nine is it, it has a very terrible reputation, and it's yeah. just an outrageous figure. You know, he's gotten a lot of legal trouble, and obviously, as his name suggests, um, you know, says a lot of uh, explicit things. But like, I didn't understand why people would criticize Brian Houston for offering to pray for him yeah. like it seems yeah. like if there's anyone who needs prayer it's some it's someone that y- you know is uh, you know relishing in sinful things like it, it i thought it was a, a, an incredibly classy and powerful move that's what jesus would do yeah that's yeah, what john exactly. legend would do yeah well yes do you think that when his parents named him six nine they knew he was going to be a troublemaker <laughs> how do you think that worked out <laughs> no oh god <laughs> Well, they tattooed it on his forehead. Yeah. 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 And gave him a rainbow colored. Yeah, I I have one pushback on what you said, Jesse, in that I don't know that he did that. I know you didn't mean this, but I just want to say out loud that guy doesn't like need prayer more than any of the rest of us. But it does make me think about where has he come from that got him where he is now? Like, what is the pain and what is the sadness and what is the loss that made him look elsewhere to all these things y'all talked about? I don't know. I just look at people like that and I think, man, I, w- I want to understand you. Even you know? if even if it's just marketing and he's just playing a character, he's still making terrible decisions and saying yeah. like really vile things. So yeah. yeah, and it's it can't just be a character. That stuff, I mean, trash in, trash out, right? Like that stuff lives in him. 
just like the guys at, at your gym, Cameron, you know, like that stuff lives in them to some degree. Yeah. And so there's a reason something, some things happened that led him there. And that's, I want to understand that about people. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a story. Well, the, the yeah. other thing too, is like that. What's interesting is like, um, how the breakfast club morning show has become, you know, it, for people who like don't know, stop. hosted by, uh, Charlemagne, the God and, um, you know, uh, 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 several other co-hosts. He's sort of like the main figure on there. It's syndicated on hundreds of stations across the country. Uh, they get tons of big names. I mean, they'll have like Kendrick Lamar, Kanye, you know, it, but also it's become like a stop for pastors. With, you know, Carl Lentz was on there. Brian Houston, Stephen Furtick just did something with Charlemagne. It's occupying a very interesting place in culture right now. Um, that That's fun to kind of see how it evolves. Do you think anybody talks like Brian just talked to Charlemagne the God and was like, hey, man, your name. I'm not <laughs> trying to be rude, but like there is only one God and you can't be it. But respectfully, I, well, I don't think Charlemagne actually thinks he's the god i think it's you know i, I do think it's <laughs> what was his, he well, didn't bring that up with him what do you think his name means to himself then well you should read the uh, next issue of relevant where we have a yeah. sit-down interview with mr charlemagne yeah. the god to i talk think about his face just mr the god yeah. i think it's it's mr the god <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hey, in case you missed it, uh, this week Snoop Dogg <laughs> explained the heart behind his his new gospel album and responded to critics of it. He was interviewed uh, for the Stellar Gospel Music Awards about uh, about his new album Bible of Love and explained that he is a born again Christian and it felt like it was time to put his money where his mouth is. He also um, responded to people who would criticize him for making a gospel album. He was having none of it. No. Here's a clip. Well, the devil is a lie. I thought church was supposed to welcome sinners. If the church was full of saints, it wouldn't be right. So if you find somebody trying to find their way back home, the natural thing to do is to be warm, welcoming, open your arms and say, brother, we accept you for who you are and what you're going through. Come as you are. We know you've been doing wrong and you want to get right, so we're going to help you get right. We're not going to throw stones on you when you're trying to get right and walking back into the church house. That's what's running people away from church right now as we speak, and we're trying to get people back in church with a different perspective of come as you are, show love. It has no perspective on nothing but love. I love how love he talks just like he raps. Like he is yeah, yeah, just, yeah. he's Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he has a perfect cadence. Jesse, but go ahead. I, yeah, I was watching the video, and it's in, you know, because he's kind of playing it cool at the beginning where he talks about how he's been a Christian yeah. all his life and his t- time. But when she asked about this question, he was like getting fired up. Like yeah. the, the the whole concept that someone who isn't necessarily known as like a Christian artist could try to make an album that reflects kind of the spiritual impulse that they're having to get back into the church and receive criticism for him. You could tell it really irritated him. And I thought he had some good thoughts on it. I did too. I liked it. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, Serial's Adnan Syed may receive a new trial. Uh, Following the release of the hit true crime podcast Serial, which examined the murder of high school student Hey Min Lee, major questions were raised about the conviction of her ex-boyfriend Adnan Syed and the trial he received. Last year, a Maryland court determined that he should receive a new trial, though prosecutors appealed the decision. 
Last week, however, the Court of Special Appeals upheld a lower court ruling calling Syed's counsel in his original murder trial, quote, deficient and ineffective. Ouch. To be sure. Syed says he has an alibi that would have presented a reasonable doubt that he could have that he could have even committed the crime. A woman named Asia McLean said yeah. she'd seen him yes. at the time of the murder, but his lawyer failed to bring her testimony forward during the trial. They also cited the unreliability of the cell phone tower data presented at the original trial. Prosecutors didn't say if they would try to appeal another time. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so this happened pre-golden era of the podcast, so I was not here when y'all originally talked about You're this. You're talking about Serial itself. Serial is, I feel, what ushered in the golden era no, of no, podcasting. No, no, no. She's no, talking no, no, about no. the golden era of the relevant podcast, oh. which she has ushered in. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. oh. Gotcha. <laughs> to be clear, to be clear, clear that's clear. what I'm saying. I want yeah. to hear. Did y'all listen to it at the time? And did you love yes. it? Like I loved oh, it. Oh man. Yes. It was like destination listening. As well, soon I mean, as that uh, thing would start to download, it, it was I the it first, play. I mean, it was spoofed on SNL. It was the first yeah. podcast that, that America funny. paid attention to. Yeah. It really launched podcasting. Yeah. I mean, it was already kind of popular, but this made it mainstream. And I mean, like ever since, like, I think most people up until, um, um, up until Serial didn't really, at least in like the modern era, like, you know, maybe back when like Truman Capote was doing it, but like no one took true crime seriously as a genre. It was looked at as more of something that w- that you would watch on like Dateline or something that yeah. was more salacious. True yeah. crime wasn't seen as the realm of like serious journalism anymore. And now, largely because of Serial and exposing some of these flaws in the justice system, true crime is, is having a real moment right now. Like, not only in podcasting but i feel like in in general people are really interested in the criminal justice system thanks to the way that it was covered which wasn't overly salacious which was from a a, a real investigative journalistic perspective i I feel like it it caused a lot of trends and this is i think the right time for jesse if it's okay for me to announce that Mm -hmm. jesse and i are going to do a real life crime Elam College Middle of the Night Body Slamming Podcast, it's where we nice. will figure out who it is that Jesse Body Slammed in the update. Middle of the Night. I almost texted you. I got a text from from a buddy of mine who I forgot had also briefly attended Elam okay. for like a, right. a semester. So for context, uh, for Hold people on, who don't know what do they're it talking like about, cereal. yeah. Um, <laughs> two weeks ago, Jesse shared the story of when he visited a college weekend, Elam Bible College, when he uh, fell in the middle of the night, fell off the bunk bed and landed chest to chest, cheek to cheek with uh, the host kid uh, who was laying on the floor. Uh, never, drive. never saw him again. Annie wanted to know who was that kid? Who and was of, he? Yeah. Of all the times yeah. y'all have told this story on the podcast, you have never yeah. taken never it next level down. to locate the young man Correct. that I am now spending my life. And on. so last hey. week there was an update. Uh, and now apparently and there's another there. update. There's, there's a break in the case, a potential oh my gosh, break Jesse, in the I case. Can't wait. Go, go, go. Annie, I have a friend who has in his possession a yearbook from around the time. Now here's the problem though. I think, I think I haven't got, I haven't looked at the yearbook yet. One, I don't know if I could recognize his face unless he's wearing the American flag windbreaker that I've referenced a couple times in the picture, which he seemed to be really into that windbreaker. So he could be wearing in the picture. The other thing too, it could be from the year after that had happened. That might've been the case, but either way, there are people in that book who knew this guy and Annie. So we have another clue. We have a yearbook from around that time. It's just crazy when you stop and think about it because 
<laughs> we've got this yearbook now, and we've got all this evidence, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> next, next time on Serial, <laughs> the yearbook. Jesse, I thought about texting you this weekend too, and then I waited because it was Easter. But I really think what we need to do, I've never done this before, so I'm brand new at this. We, I don't know if we call uh, the girl from Serial, if we call Payne Lindsay from Up and Vanish, but, but I think what we need to do is we need to call Elam and ask if they have a record of when students come and visit and who they stay with. Oh, they must. We need to go deeper. We need to take a podcast trip to Rochester and yeah. go a deep dive in the, <laughs> in the bowels of Elam Bible Institute into well, the archives. Like I have a, in my mind, we're all looking through like microfilm of the time. Yeah, 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 I yeah, don't see it. a windbreaker. <laughs> There's like one piece of microfilm in a long strip that someone has like, you know, used a black marker to like scribble somebody out yes, of, you know, yes. I want to see how, how deep this rabbit hole go, goes, Annie. And outside of the dorm you stayed at there used to be a payphone and now there's not and there's no record of there ever being a payphone you know what they put in the parking lot yeah a best buy yeah (laughs) next time his dorm is now a best buy a payphoneless i hope you all learned this about me by now but i am not giving up on this (laughs) i am a dog after a bone no we're i'm gonna give you after the podcast i'm gonna give you the numbers of three people that you can contact one of them has a year he's gonna do this two of them two of them were my friends who got in trouble that that i had visited uh and they all have they all might have clues in their possession Uh, i just really think the first call has got to be to elam i just i just imagine there's some student at some point where their job was when Jesse Carey comes to visit, I plug into the spreadsheet that he's staying with, fill in the blank. I want her to call Elam and, and like she's explains why she's calling. She, and, and, and the person's like, oh, uh, hang on one second. You hear her whispering in the back the ground like, she's calling about the guy who got fell on. <laughs> 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 and she's like, I'm sorry, ma'am, we have to go. And just like, you know, I think there could be something sinister. Maybe, maybe the guy sustained internal injuries yeah. and they've covered right. up, you know, whatever. Okay, happened so at the university point. of Georgia, there's this room called the vertical file room that no one can go into that no. has all sorts of weird information like this. And I'm convinced Elam has a vertical file room too. I will say this Elam like August Bible Institute had a few hundred students at the time. And I think you're picturing, it like the catacombs of the Vatican. I highly yes. doubt it, but I'm not opposed to going, you know, like I said, Wait, there's deep, only deep hundreds dive. of students. Is that what you just said to me? It's not very You're going to see this yearbook and you're going to know Most this Bible guy. Most Bible colleges right like that would be around a thousand students. I yeah. would think that they yeah. would be that 800 oh, yeah. to 1100 range. Yeah. We have so given them easier. more free publicity than but, they have ever, ever received. You know what? I, so, I don't know that it's good though. You know what I love about what I love about Annie being on the show is we'll talk about this stuff, but as soon as we walk out of the door, yeah. it's just like, yeah, yeah. It it's only, not part of real life. It only exists here. And he's going to track this down. Yeah. I really, really like this. Annie, I, I will give you the phone numbers of those people and you can call them. I also like behind the scenes. Oh, we were trying to do that little serial joke and, uh, and uh, Chandler pushed play on it. And we both know there's four measures before the drop happens. And we're supposed to start talking. And Jesse just kept talking. And it really <laughs> felt like a swarm of bees. Like I was like, shut up. Don't you know this thought, is the moment? Oh, sorry, I thought I you did it great, though. I thought you really played that. Both of you guys played that really well. well. I should have said, hush your mouth. I'm sorry. That was unkind. When we have that guy on the show that, that Jesse body slammed, can he just be the only guest for the show? Can oh, he yeah. be the Brian Houston of that episode? <laughs> yeah. A full, in-depth Two and a half hours. And what do I get when I find him? I mean, I believe he's the guest on the next live, uh, uh, right? The live podcast. Like when we do a live show. There's only there's three options (laughs) for who he is now. He's either like a very buttoned up fundamentalist Southern Baptist preacher. 
who he's doesn't a, find this funny at no. all. And he has no sense of humor. <laughs> and he's wearing no a double breasted you know, suit that he got pennies. Does he know right now? Oh, he knows. Has someone already told him? Oh, he knows. So there is either that's his life now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And he doesn't listen to podcasts because it's too secular. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, especially or, this one. Or he looks like Jungle Bird. He's still wearing that American flag jacket and he wears a bandana. I mean, there's yeah. that guy. Oh, wow. He just went off the deep end after his Bible school experience. Yeah. Or he's dead. That's oh. the only three options. Yikes. He's Piker Fox. He succumbed to the injuries. People die shortly to be the second thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Andy, don't right. be so upset. People, well, he's succumbed so to the injuries. There's so many more options than no. fundamentals. No, 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 the injuries. Jacket or dead. Annie, we're all drops of water on the windshield. Listen, <laughs> oh, listen, Annie. Lord. I give it. I give it fifty-fifty chance he died years ago. From sustained, I think, unreported I think internal that bleeding. Elon's been looking for me because I think I'm wanted for manslaughter in Rochester, New York. <laughs> yeah, oh it's God. like his last words were like Rosebud, except it was just Carrie. I am. Yeah. Here's my promise to you. I, I, a, I think he's alive, and B, we'll have him on the show kind before my one. birthday in July. All right. All right. We'll see. Hold on. When's your birthday? July. July seventh. Seven July's- seven. Oh, oh, that's right. Eve. That's seven right. seven seventy seven. Yeah, seven seven. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> seven seven forty seven. <laughs> seven seven sixty seven. Um, You're all fired. Uh, all right. Lastly, uh, in case you missed it, John Krasinski said he wants there to be an office Christmas special reunion. Would love it. So he said that though he thinks the series ended the right way, yep. he says that the original UK version of the show was onto something when it came back for a special Christmas episode, explaining that he's actively pitching the idea. He said, I love the idea of coming back, finding out where everybody is. I would totally be down for that. I'm sure people don't believe me when I say I would totally do it because the truth is I would totally do it. He's like, what do I have going on other than this? Mm. I, I mean, do some got, insurance commercials. No, he's got a couple movies coming out. He has a well, movie. That, 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 new, so that new movie he directed. I don't even is, like that trailer. The Quiet Place Serious, is getting a lot so of attention. All I, can, all I can see when I watch The Office, which I watch all the time, all I can hear now is insurance commercials when yeah, he talks. No, I get that. Yeah. But, and and also, like, I don't think anybody on The Office from the cast would not be available. It's not like trying to get together the Parks and Rec cast. Only where you're Steve like, Carell. Yeah, and Steve Carell not going to do it? Um, and Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling's oh, that's right. pretty busy, too. Yeah, She's Mindy a pretty Kaling. big deal. Yeah, that's right. Man, her new show. Have y'all watched her new show, Champions? No, is it good? It is funny. I think it's really funny. Yeah, but just for a special though, I mean, it'd be one thing to have them come back for a whole season, but yeah. just to do one event. Like, that would that's be amazing. Every year you get uh, a little check-in. Yeah. That's totally doable. Every year? Every year for the rest <laughs> so of our life. That's what they used to do with like the Brady Bunch, right? Brady Bunch what did, if they did it? What if they, what if they did it live yeah. on Easter Sunday as a live or Christmas <laughs> night as a big <laughs> live production? Or they just air the Dundies every year. That's all it is. Is there yeah, a little just alive Dundies? But you know that half the cast, <laughs> like, it, it, like if John Krasinski calls them to ask if they're in, they answer. They pick up the first ring. Hello, John. Yeah. Is the reunion? Are we doing it? <laughs> yeah, They've the just guy been that waiting. played Kevin. He's free. Greed. Yeah. He's Who free. Is it that yeah. did a live sitcom? Thirty Rock. Did they do a live Stanley. episode? They, Stanley's available. Yeah, yeah. Thirty Rock yeah. did a couple of them. They did one every year. It was yeah, really I good. think that'd be fun. We should ask them to do that. Let's 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 us call John Krasinski. Hey, but I they saw, were awful. They were painful. They were, they Creed. were weird. You know what Creed does now? Creed travels around. I mean, it's perfect for Creed. First of all, do you know his real name? His name is Creed Bratton. Creed Bratton. Yeah. He travels yeah. around doing shows and he like will play because I saw something pop up on Facebook the other day. He's like playing a show locally and he plays acoustic guitar and he plays like the theme to the office, except he's made up words for it. No, and no, no, it no, no, is no. 
very, very difficult to listen to. I would totally go to that show. Of course you would. Of course you would. He's my favorite character. And whatever whatever people are feeling, whether they're cringing or whether they're laughing, it's intentional. I think that man operates on a different level. I think he gets the whole joke. I I do think he gets the whole joke. But I'm I'm saying he'll be paying his bills. He'll be there for the Christmas. He's getting something from it. That's why he keeps doing residual. I mean, all of them are probably killing it with residuals. It's still on all the time. Unless they signed a bad four hour deal. I mean, we don't know what kind of deal they signed and they all speak really yeah. positive of, uh, of it like i just heard jenna fisher she loved it nobody like kind of tries to reject it or play too cool I mean, for school it's their launching pad and it's also looked upon very fondly by like all well, its fans yeah. well john know? even said um right until the end we were a family we were emotionally connected we all cried our eyes out on the last day yeah we were all moving on to other things but not because we wanted to get off the show it was sort of a magical existence he said yeah so huh, come on all right so get the band Magical back together. Although you yeah. can't, That's how I, mean, I feel about y'all. I would be you nervous You can't go it. back home again. It, it just mean, like, it won't be the same. It won't be the same, but I, th- I feel like it would but be... that's the point. Like the novelty of it alone would be worth watching. Even if it doesn't turn out any good, it, I'm like everybody would watch just because of the curiosity factor. Although, I mean... I, while I was pounding Diet Cokes last night, I watched some of the new Roseanne. I mean, it, it like it. Oh, it, what did you think, Cameron? I'm so interested. Well, yeah. they're trying I, to, I mean, too. they're trying to like, you know, tackle modern issues and stuff like that. But as far as like the chemistry of the cast and things like that, it felt like Roseanne. I yeah. mean, it didn't yeah, feel. It did. Uh, whereas like Will and Grace felt like maybe a little bit forced. Um, you know, the Roseanne reboot, just like yeah. you settled back in, like they picked up well, 15 got, years later. I always I was struck by Roseanne because the actors on that are. Like there's some really like high Goodman. caliber. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, John Goodman's sister yeah. plays Jackie. Yeah, she was just in. Yeah. She was the mom and Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. I yeah. mean, these are like yeah. really, yeah. really good actors. Yeah, and and, yeah. and, and it works though. Why wouldn't I mean, they be able? Yeah, I mean, again, they're trying to you know tackle a lot of issues. You know, and yeah. like there's kids dealing with you know gender identities and you know mm-hmm. just all this modern. And stuff. And there's like but, a real pro-Trump mm-hmm. line of line yeah, of writing, which forced. I think is very interesting because nobody else seems to be doing that. Right. Yeah. Well, and but Jackie, the sister's liberal, mm-hmm. and Roseanne's yeah. you know very outspoken pro-Trump, which yeah. would be true to a lot of family that family mm-hmm. in Ohio. For sure. I mean, yeah. For sure. Well, that's, I feel like that's partly why it's been so popular. Like eighteen million people or something insane watched the first episode, and I feel like because it is more mm-hmm. in touch, probably with a lot of like maybe not necessarily like middle American values, but certainly middle American relationship dynamics. The one yeah. funny thing so is they too. got both Becky's on. How did they, how did they tackle that? I thought that was super interesting too. Um, I, I don't know if it'll be a recurring thing or if it'll really happen, but the it way it must they, not be, huh? Cameron, I was thinking it must not be recurring. I, I can't. I mean, I don't know. I, I, again, I only saw the first one, but it was, uh, the plot line was, uh, Becky, is uh, going announced to the family she's going to be a, a surrogate to make money to like mm-hmm. get out of debt and mm-hmm. get out on her own stuff like that. And the the family that hires her the is the other Becky. Oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah. So right, I know cute. I was wondering how they were going to do it because they had said they had them both, and I was like, this won't work. And then I mean that they figured it out. What's the number one show you'd like to see rebooted though? Even in a fantasy oh, that's world, a good question. Ooh, Seinfeld. That's a great question. Seinfeld. Oh yeah. Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Seinfeld. man. I don't know. I feel like Jerry. He just would. It wouldn't be this. I mean, what you just said about. But I'm about saying the office, a, a credible reboot. Like you does it just have to be a yeah, yeah, comedy? Yeah, Although, hold on. Okay, no. to your to your skepticism about Seinfeld is that episode, that whole season of Curb Your Enthusiasm where they actually oh, reunited yeah. Seinfeld and did a Seinfeld episode. It, was, it worked well, uh, and also yeah. like that's another show where you've got some of the greatest actors in comedy ever. I mean, Julia Louis Dreyfus clearly she holds Veep basically on her own. Oh, Veep is hysterical. She could be back in an ensemble yeah. and kill it. I would mine would be the West Wing. 
Oh, I know it's not. Mine like, would be Allie McBeal, I think. <laughs> Allie McBeal. Mock me. Just go. Go, I'm Eddie. Go. I'm mocking you, but like of every show, <laughs> you'd like to see more Allie McBeal? So, yeah, because Allie McBeal is a show I can sit and watch and care, but not super care. And it's just funny and entertaining in a different life than I lead. You so know who I, I want to catch up with? You know, yeah. who, what are they doing now? Designing women. What are they doing? What is Delta Burke doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, how, how, the how their career goes? That's the night that the lights <laughs> went out in Georgia. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> and also, how, how of the three golden girls, there's three, right? Yeah. Are, are they oh, also. I watch that. I, I think I they're think still with us. No, no, no. Only. Only Betty White is alive. So it would right. be a pretty so, so the reunion. The reunion would be a real bummer. No, yeah, Rue McClanahan. <laughs> <has died. laughs> B. Arthur has died. The grandma oh, has died. They are all dead. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, what, what we about, can't reboot that. What about one? Night Court? I mean, there's Great still one. shenanigans going oh, on wow. in the night. That lives yeah. in you. I I haven't thought about Night Court Night in a Court. long time. Bold what if death wasn't a, a part of this equation? Like, uh, would you see Van Dyke Show? One hundred percent, Van Dyke Show. Van Dyke Show. Yeah. Yeah. You would love that. What oh, were you it's say, my Annie? favorite show of all time. I said, but, but, is aging an uh, equation? Because I would also say um, there are shows that from when I was little that I would want. But th- if the people are going to get old but not die, are they just going to stay the same age? Like what? Oh, so you're saying like Dick Van Dyke show rebooted, but it's still Rob and Laura in their 30s. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not oh, they're now 93 years old or yeah. whatever. Yeah, because that was Dick sad. Van Dyke still has it. Like I listened to an interview with him on Marin like last year and he was still super sharp and funny. And I think he's like in his 90s or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, we, um, but we've Eddie, lost. You know what Mary. I would love? The Waltons. Uh, what? <laughs> I think we'd be on the Waltons. Any, I, uh, your any, DVR you are, is sad. Am, thousand, am I getting kicked off the show? You are a thousand year old lady. <laughs> <laughs> the Waltons. Night Night you know, John you know what else is good was Highway to Heaven. Yeah. Michael Landon. I feel about Appalachian people. <laughs> you love the Appalachians because, because of the Waltons? I don't no, but it played into it for sure. That's so interesting. All right. Well, that'll do it for <laughs> so in case you missed it. Never having her on again. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. You're listening to Tori Kelly featuring the Hamiltones. The song is Help Us to Love. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Churches with Never Say Die. Well, this week's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. I have been a, I have been a customer of Squarespace for years, long before they started sponsoring the show, mm-hmm. and I'm thrilled for their support. If you're thinking of launching a site at all, and even if you're not you know, tech savvy, uh, go check out squarespace.com and start a free trial uh, on building your site. Even if you are tech savvy, what's awesome is you can fully customize it code and level and all that stuff. So whatever range of customization you want to do, you can do it pretty easily with Squarespace. Go check out squarespace.com. I've been kind of overwhelmed by the number of people that have so many that have tweeted at us and tweeted like saying like I started a business, I started a website because of hearing about it on relevant. Like it's more than one or two. It's a lot of people. So 
Yay for Squarespace. And right now, Squarespace is offering relevant podcast listeners a special deal. You can go over to squarespace.com and start a free trial today and then enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, set your website apart. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, guys. I was sent this story by some listeners and I'm deeply grateful for it. Wow. and Usually you don't take the crowdsourced ones. Oh, no. Yeah, but generally I kind of I kind of you know as cut a rule, my own I, path. But I actually the, skip them. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be honest, yeah, I usually I delete and block. Yeah, no, but yeah. I, <laughs> like Bob Goff. No, but I do. I don't. I never do the. Sorry, I Jesse, usually I say don't do my job for me. Block. Yeah. Your job is to listen to the interesting things Blocked. I say, not to give me. Things. <laughs> <laughs> I put them in their place. I put I them in their place. I send them, I send them a long tarse. Email I mean, to be fair, Eddie, it pretty much hard. anybody could do our job. Not. Uh, I would say. Jesse's probably not you or me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, so uh, there is a Craigslist ad that some that w- recently went up in the Philadelphia area that somehow got into the hands of um, the Philly.com, the big the big online news outlet up there, and they did a a story on it because it is for forty life size Amish wax figures. And they are horrifying. They're very, very lifelike. But there's something just a little bit off about them. I'm going to read the lead from this Philly.com story. The Amish are a kind, peaceful people. By the way, we can say whatever we want here, guys, because they're not allowed to listen to podcasts. They don't hear it Yeah, they don't hear it. Yeah, the Amish are a kind, peaceful people. That being said, let dread's cold hand grip your spine as you gaze into the soulless eyes of 40 life-size Amish wax models for sale in a Lancaster County Craigslist ad. Dana DeChico, who's selling them, said they didn't seem creepy at all when she was a kid in Pennsylvania duck country. Now she can't deny it. Even the dog feels a little off. What? They what, are what were they? super creepy. What were they used for? Like a Amish museum or something? Or so like here's a, so here's the story. Uh, back in the in the sixties, there was an there was a museum in Lancaster County that, for some reason, part of it was like a gigantic Amish scene that involved forty Amish wax figures. Uh, but it also had like historical <laughs> scenes from around the area. It had like Ben Franklin. It had a scene with Abraham Lincoln. Like hundreds of wax figures. So uh, unfortunately, about eleven years ago, this museum went out of business. It's been around since the sixties. So they started auctioning off all the wax figures. Many of them, many of the wax figures were purchased by an anonymous bidder for forty thousand dollars, who only went by the name Mister Ponytail Man. <laughs> Mr. Ponytail Man, 11 years ago, spent $40,000 to buy up most of the Amish, most of the wax figures from this strange museum. He, however, did not have any interest in the 40 Amish figures. And they have been sitting in a storage unit forgotten until this day when they were placed on on Craigslist. I assume an air conditioned storage unit. Yeah, I mean, they haven't melted. It would have to be. Uh, but, you know, I, they might have melted a little because their faces look kind of weird. Like, it, it would be like, maybe that explains why. Like, there, there's something called the Uncanny Valley. Are you guys familiar with that concept? No. Where, um, no. so in, in like the I movie, remember that. that movie about the train with, um, oh, Tom Speed. Hanks? Oh. 
uh, the Polar Express. You guys are Polar, Polar Express. Impossible. Express. Yeah. Yes. Mission so Impossible. a lot of Polar people Express. say that the Polar Express failed as a movie because of something called the Uncanny Valley, and that's when you make animation or you make something look a little too human, but there's something a little off about it that they your mind have the twinkle in the eye. Yeah. There's no that, soul. Yeah. yeah. That that your mind gets creeped out about. So they they call that concept the Uncanny Valley. There's definitely an Uncanny Valley effect with these 40 Amish mannequins that have been sitting in a storage. But I have a couple questions about this. One, Just why did Mr. Ponytail Man, who obviously is a man of, of uh, great means, he spent $40,000 on a bunch of wax figures. 11 wow. years ago that haven't been seen from since. It's not like Mr. Ponytail Man bought them and set up his own wax museum. The person who sold Mr. Ponytail Man, the original wax figures, doesn't know what he's done with them. Why didn't he have any interest in the Amish ones? Why did those 40 get put into storage? And what did Mr. Ponytail Man, what is he doing with the ones oh. that he bought? Does anyone else think that... Oh, gosh. Chandler just showed us a picture. It so, is really bothersome. So here's the thing. Here's my theory about Mr. Ponytail Man. Okay. Mr. Ponytail Man sounds like a serial killer uh, villain in like a made-for-TV movie. Or, <laughs> or like an episode of like Law and Order SVU. Like right. they go looking for this psycho Mr. Ponytail Man. Right. I think he spent the $40,000 on these wax figures and is probably raising them out as his own family for the last 11 years. Right. That's my oh, only theory. Oh, that is so creepy. I think that he well, has a big They were all mansion. the historical figures, right? Didn't you say it was like Abraham Lincoln and things like yeah, that? Yeah, a lot of them are historical. So he's a history buff. Yeah, and, but he, uh, I think he set them up friends. around his house, and yeah. he's, and yeah, he's oh, living with awful. them at his I went to the orchestra a couple of years ago, and uh, which pretty highbrow, no big deal. Yeah, don't don't make a fuss. Went to the orchestra a couple of years ago. We were sitting front row. No big deal. Please wow. Don't, please don't make a fuss. That's not wow. a good seat. Are you the only people there? How do you get front <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's not a good seat. For I mean, the they, they, you want to be eight rows back in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> front, front row. Oh, there was a lady sitting next to us, and she was everything looked okay and normal, and then she pulled out of her purse a baby doll. At which point she talked to and hugged and cared for the baby doll for the entirety of the orchestra. Well, the baby doll loves the orchestra. A grown woman uh, caring for the baby doll. And it was like, was the baby doll missing a shoe? (laughs) One single white shoe. That's a deep cut that I'll explain to you later. But yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, it was, it was one of the weirder things I've ever seen. Like if I ever still need to stop laughing in a public place, you know, like, like I should be, (laughs) I I glanced at that because it still gives me chills in my soul. I'm saying this ponytail Amish guy. Yeah. Definitely, definitely has an entire Mr. backstory. Mr. Ponytail Man. Yes, yeah, sorry. His name. And he <laughs> sorry. was, that's only Mr. what he was referring to. But yeah. okay, so Cameron, you mentioned earlier, you know, maybe going through this midlife crisis. Like yeah. I said, I'll be lucky to get another 35 in, you know, right. uh, the way I'm living. So you're, you're on the, the, the hill, you're on the downward slope. Yeah, exactly. The back nine, as golfers say. It, mm. it, it, if yeah, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm heading on the back nine right Masters. now. You're exactly right. Well I just passed the clubhouse, about to tee one up, and you had a nice going, turkey sandwich. Nice, yeah, turkey sandwich. It's always it's always it's always BLTs at the turn, isn't it? <gasps> it isn't is it when you play BLTs. golf? It's always if you're running into the clubhouse, you don't want to hold up everybody. It's always always a BLT at the turn. I got real BLTs issues with BLTs, but we don't have to talk about that. Wait, I was yeah. about to. I'm highly disagreeing with you. I love them. What do you not like? I They're can, so wide. I can honestly say I've never had one. Uh, you never had a BLT? Anything. Why would I? There's no meat. Oh, I'm thinking of a club. Yeah. I'm thinking of a turkey meat. club. Uh, BLT. Yeah. Bacon? That's not enough meat. It's That's not. like having you one little sliver of garnish. It's, it's a garnish. To your point, bacon, a garnish. Is a, bacon is a condiment meat. That's what I'm it's saying. Like, that's a club meat. sandwich without the meat. 
You no. know what I mean? Like, put the turkey on it, and now He's we got right. a sandwich. Annie, I'm so sorry. He's right. It, it's no, all no, condiments. You get to determine how much bacon is on your own BLT. You can you can have a stack. It's you can also have a hamburger with nothing but onions and, and ketchup. That's but what take I'm, the yeah. patty out. That's, saying, I mean, it's no longer a meal. Un- it's just a condiments. Unfortunately, his way. logic is perfect on this. Yeah, I'm yeah. so no, sorry. It's, it's bacon true. Either is, way, bacon is I, accessory meat. Either way, I have finished up the front nine. I have run into the clubhouse to grab my BLT, and I'm sitting there at the tee box waiting my turn. And here's my move, guys. One. I'm retiring from media, and I am starting an Amish wax museum here in Virginia Beach. <laughs> How many times in life does an opportunity like this present itself? If I were to commission three, 40 creepy... Amish wax figures. How much would that cost? Why would I ever do that? Jesse, I would have no reason you're, to. You're two hours from uh, Colonial Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. You know the popularity, the sustainability, the the appeal. Well, you're just going to become the next tourist destination in the region. Jesse, There's you're a- only two hours from Williamsburg? I'm yeah. only, hey, I'm only, I can be in Colonial Williamsburg in an hour, actually. Whoa. So Congratulations. It's two hours by horse and buggy. It depends on how you're traveling there, yeah. Annie, um, if, you're, if you're taking the means of the time. So what I think I need to do, Cameron, is I think you're exactly right. I think I need to I, I need to acquire these these wax figures. Res- I need to right. uh, set up my house as an unregulated museum. That's right. Uh, <laughs> because I'm not zoned for museum. No, I've no, checked. No. Yeah, right. um, is that a zoning unregulated? Yeah. But but here's the thing. If you guys know me and my libertarian values, I don't pay attention to zoning laws. My property <laughs> is my property. I will operate whatever I want off of it. That's you right. Know, yeah, you there is come, no eminent come domain. At me. Come at me. Jesse, mayor. just build the museum a couple of feet off the ground and then it's air zone and you're free exactly. to do whatever you want. I'll hang them all from fishing line. That's, that's not creepy. Oh, that's, that's not terrible. Hey, birthday boy, right. can, I tell you, can I tell you a quick story like about a wax museum? off the ground just sort of floating around my house. Again, <laughs> I'm untouchable by law because of the, the rules of property Here. ownership and sky law. But here's the thing. Right. I drive up to Colonial Williamsburg and I create signs that yeah. say, get the real history. Get the real, get the, get the forgotten story of our land. And I lure mm-hmm. tourists from Colonial Williamsburg to my house yep. and I charge them money. You know, they want around three or $400 per wax figure times 40. I tried to do the math. I got kind of stressed out by it. It's going <laughs> to, I think I can have this thing paid off in a good two years yeah. and then it's all money. I'm just retired yeah. under 40 Jesse's- operating a quaint Amish museum in my house. That's I right. would love to That's see right. Jesse's crazy home of curiosities where just inexplicably Red Dawn <laughs> is playing on a DVD player on mute with closed captioning. I, it's just nuts. I feel like Jesse's going to, on the back nine, I think he's going to turn into one of those homes from American Pickers when they go in and it's just like, whoa. You know, wow. like it's yeah. like this is the first time a, b- a person has well, entered this home in a while. Yeah. I have yeah. said and, uh, many times, one day we're going to all sit down for the podcast and yeah. we're going to pop up his Skype line and there's not, it's just going to be a microphone with no man yeah and that's, that's right. the end of it no no it's gonna be a microphone with no man and in my place this is a creepy amish wax figure a wax, wax, yeah. a wax figurine and, and jesse's actually there like treating it like a ventriloquist off camera yeah and, oh, and making a mouth move i hate yeah. all of that hey but, but Jesse, annie i also think they could be great for your office you, you could replace those boring boxes with sweet amish figures the other thing too guys i know we haven't talked <laughs> we haven't talked Just about like moving. the nickelback challenge or like the locked in the cage like these 
crazy fundraising things. Right. Charity Water's doing great work. Okay. Right. They don't need your but help anymore. We need we need to pivot this year. And it needs to be to purchase this needs to be an insane online marathon to purchase these 40 Amish wax figures <laughs> and then we'll figure out our next move. Do you have to buy them as a lot or can you get like one great question? I think it's a she, lot. She, oh, yeah, she said she said that, one, that they would consider selling them as as individuals. But they would prefer them to be sold as a set. But they don't want to separate out the families. Right. So right. we got to keep the kids and the husbands <laughs> well, and wives together. You know, together. the other thing, too, is like you go on a, go to a museum and they'll kind of recreate like, you know, uh, this is what it looked like back in the time. And yeah. well, we, you know, and they have the, the mannequins and stuff. Uh, we, we give tours daily of our new office here in Orlando. People mm-hmm. come by, listeners will come by, see the studios yeah, and whatever. And we don't have enough like interactive, like uh, really, elements. Really, really things have... to scare the, the right. soul out of you. I'm thinking maybe I could buy a couple <laughs> of your leftover ones, Jesse, and I could okay. stage them here at the office to kind of bring to life like the early days of relevant, that kind of stuff, like reenactments oh, yeah. and things. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to be such fear <laughs> that it's Remember just... Remember in the early days when relevant was operated by by a bunch of Amish, Amish people from the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I <laughs> Jesse, the next time you're in town, I have to, I mean, I really, really want to take Jesse to this. In Claremont, Brianna and I went through this like... <laughs> Claremont, Florida. Claremont, Florida. Hotbed of activity. Yeah. Stop me if I've told you this story, but Brianna and I uh, went through this list of just really off the beaten path, weird things in Florida. And one there of them are is books about it. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like weekend trips yeah. to see weird Florida. And, and there's stuff. a, really? lot, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of weird Florida. And in Claremont, Wait, I'll go too, and oh, you, I'll go with you. You should come. It is nuts. So well, well, it's a lot of 1950s roadside tourist attractions that totally. still are living, living a lot on of somehow. alligator stuff. I bet there's a lot of alligator like stuff. Gator land, stuff like that. Yeah, but that's yeah, pretty mainstream. We're talk, so this place in Claremont is a, is a presidential museum and it looks like the white house from the outside. But it's run by someone who's a real wild card. We'll just say that. And they have wax figures of all the presidents. The problem is... This being in a metro area that also has the actual Hall of Presidents at Disney. Right, right, right. And we're and it's oh, also... so this in, is that close to Orlando. Claremont, oh, Claremont, Claremont is 20 minutes east. But it's in the middle west. of like orange groves. Like there's no business for this being here. But anyhow, the problem is, is that because they're all... Because the person's kind of cheap... They turn off the air conditioning at night. That's not true. <gasps> oh, it's true. And so all of no. the heads of the presidents are kind of like just looking down because their heads have slowly melted in the evening, except for Obama, because he's the newest one and he's melted the least. That's so okay, we in this really Hall of Presidents, all the there. heads are just gently melting down. It is weird beyond weird. Let's send Daz to go try to buy one of them. To buy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just send them in and see if they'll let us buy one of them. Yeah. One of the Amish? Like, drive him up there with like $300. It's got to be on his dime. Creepiest one of them. It's got to be on his dime. Daz has to pay for him. Well, the good thing is he can can save some time on the way home because he's driving the HOV lane. You know, I mean, he just puts that guy in the passenger seat. We'll give him one retweet for every 200 miles he does. Speaking of weird (laughs) president's head, real quick, this is a weird piece of trivia. Like, back in the day, um, there was a guy, like a sculptor, who was like, super inspired by like Mount Rushmore and just had this like patriotic, um, you know, sense. And so he got funding it, $10 million it, it, it costs to create these giant stone busts of 43 presidents. Oh like, yeah. Massive. Like I think they're like I've 10 feet these. high each, like giants that they weigh tons of pounds and or uh, tons. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so he, after he made them, like Brutal. he couldn't find like a place that wanted all these stone presidents head. They're just sitting out in a field right now, yeah. like cracking and being totally uncapped like and so It's totally yeah. like Stonehenge. Everybody in like thousand years is going to put some sort of religious significance to it. It's just some crazy guy. It's just like a guy. failed project, like a $10 million right. thing that got botched. And the, all these presidents wow. are just sitting out in a field, like totally untouched right now. All right. What do you have, Annie? So let's talk about travel for a minute because y'all know we all get on planes a lot. And I found this story very interesting. This woman was flying United Airlines, Allison Priest. She was going from Washington, D.C. to Austin, Texas. And this does this has happened to me once, not like this. But, you know, if a flight overbooks, which I cannot understand why an airline sells more seats than they actually have. But they do. Sometimes they and have equipment flight, changes, yeah. though. Well, and, and there's some sort of mathematic ratio that, you know, on average, three people will cancel at the last minute and that kind of thing. So they'll oversell a little bit, uh, assuming that. And then everybody shows up. They're stuck. But that people will miss their flights and they do like algorithms based on like if people are flying internationally. You weren't really looking for an answer, were yeah, you? I, I feel like this is one of those no, moments really, where I, she's I, saying, what's the deal both. with airlines? Yeah. I feel like, why does some, it put so much cotton in the pill bottles? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes Eddie and Cameron, I just want you to listen. I'm no. When I'm running, I don't want to be caught. I just want to be able to talk. All right, go oh for it, Annie. <laughs> you know, we, we don't have time for that. Okay, so they this book that Allison was this flight that Allison was on was overbooked, and then when no one volunteered, she's the one who lost her seat. There was a broken seat in this particular plane on United. When when no one volunteered, she had paid the least for her flight, and so she's the one who got bumped. And so the gate agent offered her a two thousand dollar voucher. Which is a ton of money, right? If you're going from DC to Austin, no way she's, that that costs two thousand dollars. She said no that she wanted cash value instead, and they were getting ready to write her a six hundred and fifty dollar check when another agent offered her ten thousand dollars in vouchers and a guaranteed seat on the next plane, and so she took it. Wow. I mean, what would you do with ten thousand dollars? For a f- with one airline, I mean, how long would it take you? First to- class to Europe, that's one ticket. But it'd no, be really? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The business class r- round trip to to Europe, absolutely. Just They're eight or nine thousand dollars. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. I would I would buy one of the I would just buy like the craziest first class seat. You ever seen the ones that have like a shower in it and it's like a little hotel room that they have in like Dubai? I would use it just for that. And yeah. I wouldn't even have yeah. a destination. I would just but you'd be, have like, to go around in that for a while. You could burn it in one trip if you go international. Yes. So is that you, what you do, or would you just no, use it to away. go wherever you wanted? That's what uh, I would do. Uh, I'd go to New York. To go to I'd go to New York every three months for the next many years. Yeah. That's it. Same. I think I would too. I think instead of doing one like big international flight i would every i would go anywhere i wanted to go to see friends to do things yeah. and just have a normal but then you also yeah. have to fly united so and, and, and every time i hear like i'm at the airport and they're like offering you know every time i'm like oh, it's tempting i might do that i might do it but i want to go there and i want to start negotiating like this person did i think that's the yeah. key it's like ooh, you know like see how much you can get because they're open for negotiations i feel like when it comes to a voucher and it's not real money it's just they're they're just saying you know just like a coupon that they'll give you whatever. Like they yeah. just want, they just don't want conflict. I, every time I'm tempted, 
All right, what do you have, Eddie? Well, I was going to do a twofer because it's Jesse's birthday, but it feels like there's just not enough time for that. So, Jesse, I'm going to give you a choice. You want to okay. slice about a cat or a gorilla? They're both pretty much handpicked for you. Oh, don't do this to me. Don't do this. I got to go gorilla. Gotta you got to go. go gorilla. Well, I'm really glad. Um, Annie sent me this and said that I should do a revelation, revelation, but uh, no, that's a lie. Uh, but it's, uh, I'm going to just say, let me just, let me just say the story. Here's what happened. Okay. Okay. There's a, gorilla, there's a gorilla at the Philadelphia Zoo. Lovely zoo, nice place. I've been there, Philadelphia. Lots of Amish people in there in the region, L- and only half 40 of them are of real. Them are not real. <laughs> the gorilla is named Louis. He is 18 years old, and when Louis has his hands full and he's got like tomatoes in his hands or other snacks, <laughs> Louis has begun to do something very interesting. What do you think that is? Uh, throw them at people. Ah, that's what you would think. Any any guesses? Yeah, that's any? what I would do if I were Louis, because there's no consequences if you're throwing tomatoes at people as a gorilla. Louis thinking. <laughs> what are they going to do? It's animal abuse if they even tried it. And what? Come at me. I'm a gorilla. Okay. Yeah. What are you going to do? I'll throw all the tomatoes I want. That's what I would do. I'm putting myself in Louis' shoes. I'm going to say Louis' <laughs> thinking has evolved. Oh. Louis has begun to walk upright. Louis uh, now walks upright when he doesn't want to get his hands dirty rather than the typical gorilla, typical gorilla stance of walking kind of on his knuckles. He walks upright in order to keep his hands clean. The curator of primates and small mammals, which, by the way, could there be a better business card in the world? <laughs> right? Yeah. What do you do? Oh, primates and small mammals. Interesting. Um, says workers had to install a fire hose over a mud puddle in the yard uh, in order to help this gorilla stay clean because he was getting so frustrated by it. The six foot tall primate crosses it like a tightrope to avoid getting dirty. The gorilla doesn't like to get dirty. Uh, the this curator of primates and small animals says that it's pretty unusual for gorillas to walk around up upright in the wild. Western lowland gorillas, like Louie, may do it only for a few seconds at a time to reach food or to wade into swamps. But Louie is growing up and changing right before our eyes. I'm not saying we're merging together into one species, but I'm not saying we're not. I mean, it is that was a Annie's lot quote. Like, that was a quote I mean, from Annie Downs. Very, very close to the plot of <laughs> Dawn of the Planet of the Apes with James Franco. Yeah. When, you know, all the monkeys at the zoo start walking upright. It's, well, it's very close it, to that. Yeah, yeah. it's because they all were getting tidy. They didn't want to. They didn't want to get dirty. I, think, I remember I think that. That article's use of had to insert a hose by a mud puddle. I'm like, had to. You well, didn't have he to. He doesn't. He like, doesn't want to walk through the mud anymore. He likes to be yeah, clean. Like, he, it's not like he filed a complaint. He's a gorilla. First of all, that's really hurtful to the gorilla community that's listening. <laughs> and second of all, he's 18 years old and his name is Louie and he's been, I mean, he has preferences. And I feel yeah, like I will say that it does seem kind no. of remarkable to me because I took my son to the zoo and like they have a giant orangutan and then it's not a cage anymore. It's like plexiglass, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. And it was all I could think is how filthy that orangutan was. And I felt pretty bad for it because he just had an old dirty burlap sack that he was using as like his bedding. And all, but all that to say is like to think of a gorilla that's keeping clean. That seems notable to me. That seems concerning. <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Pastor Brian Houston joins us. By the stars above, I
listening to Lord Huron. The song is When the Night is Over. Well, this week's feature interview is brought to you by Casper, a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. The cool thing about Casper mattresses, they are perfectly designed for humans, engineered to soothe and cradle your natural geometry. We all spend about a third of our life sleeping, so you might as well be comfortable. Casper mattresses provide all the support the human body needs in all the right places. They um, they combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. They're also breathable, so you sleep cool, and it regulates your body temperature throughout the night. I always sleep they cool. They are designed, developed, and assembled <laughs> in the U.S. And uh, with over 20,000 reviews, they have an average of 4.8 stars on Amazon and other online retailers. I have a Casper yeah. and love it. They're no joke. Actually, Cohen's bed is a Casper and, yeah. and, uh, crawl in there for, for bedtime stories hey, and hey, stuff. And oh. it's, uh, it's you fantastic. Think this mattress. Thing is comfy. The cool thing about buying Casper is they, uh, ship it to you in a small, how do they do that size box? It looks like a little mini fridge <laughs> type thing. Yeah. Uh, and there's free shipping and returns in the U S and Canada. Well, right now you can be sure. Uh, I, pa- I have to pause you on that point. Yeah. I don't know that if someone hasn't strapped a mattress to the top of their car right. and tried to r- drive it home, what a big deal that shipping is. Yeah. Because yeah. there are very few things more obnoxious. And then if you go to a, like a traditional store and they bring it to your house, it's way more expensive. Yeah. Also, I really enjoy seeing people open those and them expand magically on bed. So anytime someone buys a Casper, if you just tag me in that on Instagram, I'd love to watch that. <laughs> and you can also be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Right now, Casper is offering Relevant Podcast listeners a special deal. You can start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. Get $50 off uh, any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash RM. I guess that means for Relevant Magazine. Um, And using RM at checkout. Casper.com slash RM and using promo code RM at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. And that's Annie F. Downs when you open your Casper mattress on Instagram. Annie F. Downs. Yeah, because right. uh, the quilter is going to be getting all these weird videos of people opening <laughs> yeah, their mattresses. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. I like, want to see. I'm like, oh, I love your quilts and all. But I mean, I it's love like your watching ma- a souffle <laughs> in the oven. It's amazing. Brian Houston is the pastor of Hillsong Church, one of the most influential churches in the world, which draws more than 100,000 attendees across 80 locations every week. He's the author of more than a dozen books, including his latest, There is more, which looks at how to find purpose in life, overcome adversity, and grow in your faith. Here is part of our conversation with Pastor Brian Houston. I'd love to talk a little bit about your book. Uh, there is more when the world says you can't, God says you can. I guess my my first question is if you could articulate a little bit of the, the difference in messaging in terms of the world versus uh, what we know God tells us through scripture. Well, I think the contrast is pretty clear between the word around and about us and uh, the word of God. Uh, you know, the word around and about us, I think, increasingly is 
is lacking hope, lacking future, lacking direction. And uh, there's a lot of pessimism about the future, really, whether it's in political fields or whether it's in natural fields, social fields, uh, you know, in so many different ways. And so I think that, by the way, gives us as the church an amazing amazing opportunity um, to point people to Jesus and point people to the more that I believe God does has for us. So as the world, you know, becomes more and more surrounded by pessimism and, uh, you know, as we were saying, the, the, um, the subtitle of my book is uh, when the world says you can't, God says you can. And I think the world's getting very good at telling people and especially us Christians what can't be done and why it shouldn't be done and trying to put us in a box Uh, but the great thing about God is that he can't be boxed and I believe that God's will is God's will and as we make him our source and make him our passion that he can do what certainly would only have been seen as a miracle that's God we serve. So much of your book, I think people can take it to be about um, ambition and renewing your goals or rethinking your goals. But um, I, I feel like it's it's easy now to to be complacent and feel like oh, like I'm I'm comfortable in this space, so that must mean that I've found the right thing, or I've found my calling, or I'm where God needs me to be. But sometimes that's not the case, and we're called to do something uncomfortable. So how do we discern that? Yeah, well, to me, life is a an adventure. It's a journey. Uh, we don't have a stop-off point where we just then stay there and camp until Jesus comes again. Uh, he gives us life. He gives us breath. And he gives it to us for a reason. And I think that we pursue that reason for the rest of our lives. And to me, that's uh, part of the premise for me saying that I believe that God has more for you. Uh, the more that I think of is just more of whatever it is that God has called you to and designed you for. And, um, you know, there's so many forces trying to discourage us from stepping up into the more. So many forces that would have us just decide, look, it's time for me to settle for comfort uh, over calling. But comfort will never, ever give you the fulfillment that living your life called, living your life called will give you. And, so exceeded abundant and above anything you could ever ask or think, unless people are already able to say, look, that's what I'm seeing now. What God is doing in my life exceeds and abounds and it's above anything I could have imagined. Unless people are already living there, then it's still a promise. And my exhortation, my urging is that you keep going after that promise. And again, my, my own life is a testimony of the more that God can bring as we just stay resilient and committed and refuse to draw back and refuse to get comfortable. Watch how God can open doors of opportunity and possibility you never dreamed or imagined. So how do you make sure those opportunities and those possibilities are something that God is putting on your heart versus a desire that might be sort of self-satisfying or selfish? Mm. I think motivation is absolutely important and uh, 
You know, the Bible definitely talks about selfish ambition, and selfish ambition has literally within the, you know, the meaning of the Greek word, it's literally contentiousness. So it's when we start fighting, you know, basically comparing, contending, make it all about ourselves. Uh, I actually looked up just the other day the word uh, ambition, though, just ambition, in the thesaurus, and the words used were great words like fire and zeal and enthusiasm and passion and look I don't think that those things come from the devil I think that God he wants us to live our lives with zeal and fire and enthusiasm and passion Jesus obviously said zeal for God's house consumed him and there's a whole lot of force would love us to lose our zeal but when someone has the kind of vision and the kind of resilience that understands that God has them on a journey and it's an amazing adventure it's called the will of God then they keep pressing forward that God always has more for them. It's refreshing to hear that. And, uh, but, but another sort of pitfall I, I can imagine is especially prevalent right now. We, we sort of live in a, in a cultural environment that actually fosters comparison, especially on social media and the way we interact and see each other <laughs> online. So how can uh, Christians or, or people who want to sort of pursue what God wants for their lives sort of avoid that sort of comparison dynamic uh, when it comes to, you know, our goals or ambitions or callings versus another person's. Yeah, I actually talk about comparison in the book and basically comparison is ugly. And you know, no one ever wins when you start living your life competing because there's always going to be someone a little better looking, a little smarter, a little <laughs> more talented or gifted than you. So comparison's a dangerous road to go down. And I think the devil would love us to get involved in, in that world. But that's a choice. It's also a choice to realize, look, God has a call for my life. I'm going to run my own race. I'm going to be comfortable in my own skin. I'm going to be who God's called me to be. And I believe God's got more for me. And I'm going to continue towards that more, no matter what the cost, no matter what it takes. I understand that my pursuit of more means less of me, a whole lot more about others, and all about God. And if we think like that, then we can enter into the more that God has for us. That was Brian Houston. Make sure to check out his new book, There Is More. It's out now. to Casey Musgraves. The song is Lonely Weekend. I have those. 
<laughs> well, she may be best known for her role in the breakout hit Someone That I Used to Know with uh, Godier. But on her upcoming album, Primal Heart, Kimbra continues to make a name for herself as a unique voice as an indie-inspired pop artist. We recently sat down with Kimbra for a behind-the-scenes look at the songwriting process behind Primal Heart. Here is Kimbra. So you've said um, in in some press already that um, this album is is a is a product of experience, and and I just wonder if you if you could um, go into a little bit more detail on what exactly uh, you mean by experience. What experience are you talking about? Um, well, it's not necessarily one in particular. It's a culmination of experiences. One of them is, you know, making a few really big and important decisions for myself, like moving to New York and doing some really important travel that was sort of not for any benefit of, a, you know, a record label or a career, but just, you know, for me as a, as a person in the world wanting to um, see a little more of, of life and how other people navigate um pain and suffering and you know I, I think this record does speak a lot to sort of vulnerability and acceptance of oneself and primal heart to me is about exploring this place of origin like where we're all connected um, and you know that requires you to kind of journey into the self a little bit right if you're going to talk about those things um, so yeah I think it's uh, been about kind of finding that that courage and that, that strength to um, reveal myself a little more in this record and the way that I did that was you know by actually coming to understand pain a little more and stop running away from it and actually learn to kind of um, be curious about it and sit inside it and, and, and learn from it and, and seeing other people in pain across the world and kind of realizing that <laughs> at that level we are very very connected and very similar you know um, and in saying that it's not a dark record I mean it makes it sound like you know the whole thing's about this journey into pain but but you know I don't really think of it like that at all there's a lot of celebration on this record because I think when we come to look at ourselves authentically and see all of the stuff that lives inside us whether good or bad um, that's kind of the start of real progress I think for humanity or for, for anyone you know it's kind of my life I think I've made the greatest growth has been when I've you know been able to kind of stare as difficult things in the face and you know art mimics life right so if you're doing that as a person then naturally your art has to follow How does that approach, which is really lovely, compare to what you were doing before? Well, I think of myself on the Golden Echo as kind of a uh, a child with with a million ideas and fantastic opportunity to explore all of them. Um, you know, I was very driven on imagination and surrealism and escapism. You know, Los Angeles, this place of dreams, right? The place of um, 
infinite possibility and kind of this sort of, you know, people are in their bubbles and creating these ultra realities in a way. Um, New York is a very confronting place to live in, on the other hand, right? It's like everything is right at your doorstep. Um, again, the good and the bad. <laughs> and yeah. um, I think, you know, me actively choosing to step into that, for example, getting an apartment in Manhattan and building a studio in the intensity of that stimulus rather than living on a farm in LA, shut off from the world, waking up with chickens and sheep and kind of, you know, living 15 minutes from Hollywood and that whole kind of strange, surreal life. This was a very um, grounding experience living in New York. And um, I think, you know, even just that changes the way that you go to sing on a song and that changes what you're searching for as a songwriter. You know, I think from the Golden Echo, I needed to let out all of this creative energy that I had. And I'm so proud of that album because it's such a daring album and it's so adventurous. But at this point in my career, it felt most adventurous for me to actually kind of hold out my hand for the listener and rather than sort of gesticulating and throwing my hands everywhere to kind of <laughs> excite them, just tell them, tell them the story and just tell them how I was really feeling that day. You know, there's intimacy in that. And that was just where I was at as a person as well. It sounds like you really made an effort to sort of fill up like a almost like a bank of inspiration that you could then draw from creatively again to put primal heart together yeah and again like a lot of that stuff isn't conscious it's not like i went to ethiopia being like i'm gonna you know build inspiration for the record or i'm gonna you know today i'm gonna go get an experience for the, the third album i mean it's like half the time you're just fumbling around trying to work out what you do want to do at all you know and it's like I was writing for other artists at the time I didn't really know what the next record would sound like I was you know doing all kinds of things but around about you know halfway through that process it all became very clear you know that all of these things I've been doing up till then were leading me toward a, a you know more direct record and even all of those kind of pop songs I've been writing for other artists were leading me to a, you know, a sound that was actually really grounded in kind of a, 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 I don't know, I mean, there's a lot of celebration on this album as well and triumph, you know. I just kind of also want to stress that, like, you don't always know the stuff that's happening until toward the end of the process. That's the mystical thing about music or kind of creativity is, like, at times it feels like there's something working through you that wants to manifest um, and you're not even really aware of it until the end when you see all the threads kind of coming together. That was Kimbra. Be sure to check out her new album. It's coming out soon. Primal Heart. She's very talented. Yeah, she was even talented on yeah, that song great. where she, when she comes in, you're like, yeah. whoa, yeah, yeah. Wow. Like she kind of stole, stole it from Godier. Right, like yeah, I, I'm that not song gets stuck in your head, doesn't it? Oh, that yeah. little jingle that Man. I don't know what it is. That that progression. It's just sometimes sometimes songwriters say the exact thing at the exact right time to you, and so even when you aren't feeling those things, that song can just like stick in your mind. That's right? kind of how this podcast is, mm-hmm. I think, for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, probably what Brian Houston was talking about, too. Yeah.
You're listening to The Marias. The song is I Don't Know You. It is time for your feedback. As we've been doing for the last month or so, at the beginning of this segment, we are doing our Listener of the Week. You listen to the show, and it's time to get to know you. It's the Listener of the Week. And uh, Jesse has scoured the internet. You guys have been sending us three interesting facts about yourself. And some of you are not very interesting. I'm just going to say it. No, some of you are. are. No, some of them are not interesting. I'm trying to say. I thought wow. Annie's yeah. facts were hey, good. Tough love <laughs> is, is still love. I'm sorry. Is it? Is so, Jesse, who uh, who stood out to you this week? Uh, for uh, Can you tell us the person's name and then the three facts? And then we'll welcome them onto the show. Yes, I'm very excited to have Sarah King on the show today. And uh, (laughs) Sarah's 28, uh, but she says that both the Easter Bunny and Santa still bring her gifts. From reading it, I feel like she thinks this is interesting, not because she has any idea that they're not real, but because most of her other 28-year-old friends don't Uh get gifts from uh Santa and the Easter Bunny. Her boss (laughs) proposed to me. And also, well, with the spoiler alert, Jesse, you got to warn people when you're going to say stuff like that. Her boss proposed to her in front of 600 college students. Here's the interesting part about that. She didn't give any indication whether she liked her boss or they are now engaged. I'm kind of interested to hear that. This one's one's a little uh, dark, but considering she, um, you know, put included in her interesting facts, I think we can talk about it. Her house burned down four years ago. I'm very interested in that because okay. we just had a fire alarm oh, wow. here at yeah, the office. Yeah, that's very fresh for us. All right. Welcome to the show, Sarah King. Hey, it's me, Sarah King. Hey, uh, where, where are you uh, calling us from, Sarah? I'm in Dallas, Texas. What are you doing in Dallas, Texas? Right now? Or, or like in, in life? i a meeting. In life. I'm a college minister. I work for a college ministry in the Dallas area. Okay. Oh, cool. Sarah, Eddie, I mean, wasn't, that, wasn't that you at one point, Eddie? Didn't you do that? College ministry? No. No, yeah. I mean, for like a hot second. Right. I, wouldn't, maybe, I wasn't as good as Young as Life. Sarah. Yeah, I did Young Life. That's a whole thing. Sarah. Um, yes. Uh, this is Eddie. It's nice to meet you. I, hey, Eddie. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I have, we have not had a guest of the week who has been so uh, excited to just start chatting. Are you going to go behind the scenes right now and give people a peek behind the curtain? <laughs> yeah, we're going to take behind the curtain because usually we're like, hello, and then we start. But Sarah could not be content. Sarah <laughs> has, to be fair, no one told Sarah she wasn't supposed to go. That is true. She was that ready is, to talk Sarah's to defense. us. Yeah. yeah. Sarah just began launching into what I appear was. I think this is her manifest We just recorded destiny. an 18 minute podcast with Sarah <laughs> off the air. Sarah here. She's saying goodbye to her friend and she's chit-chatting and making jokes. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a friend named Isabel somewhere in the back what is is it what's Isabel, isabel's story and well before she gets to it isabel no, listen isabel it. was Sarah. one of my <laughs> students Goes. can i talk i really no, don't you, know now when it's acceptable i don't give you permission to talk oh, I have you one more question, then we'll jump to you sarah did isabel was isabel involved in the house fire and is isabel <laughs> you've said some really disparaging things about isabel so let's clear yeah. it all up go for it just, no isabel was one of my students okay. and i introduced her to your podcast that was my greatest impact on her life and faith. Mm. Oh, wow. And so, oh, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. I've been So, she was really excited. She told me that I was the most interesting person that she knew. Oh, do you agree? Oh, congratulations, Sarah. Uh, no, she had to help me come up with the facts. I don't think my life is that interesting. Are your facts but... true, though? Yeah, of course they're true. 
I'm yeah. a truther. Well, you said you said that she had to help you come up with them. So we just figured you know, which I ones forget, to choose. You kind of take for granted the parts of your life. You know, you mm. forget that they're interesting. No, I get that. I understand. No, well, Jesse always remembers how interesting his life is. Yeah. 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 I'm constantly stories. reminded of it. Also, uh, yeah. Yeah. today is Jesse's birthday. I know that you had prepared some special words for Jesse. Go ahead. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, this is a big day for the world. One day mm-hmm. off. One day off, Jesse Blaine Carey. Happy birthday. Yes. Congratulations on making it this far. Uh, I tell you. All the odds. Oh, Sarah has got good. really good chops. She's good. She had not prepared she anything. Good. We just said that and she just went for it. Sarah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Jesse, what were the what were the facts that you were wanting to dig a little deeper into? Okay. Okay. So, Sarah, here's what kind of drew my attention. And thank you for the happy birthday. We we talked about how a lot of people are, are like you, surprised I've made it this far with the rock and roll life. <laughs> yeah. probably. But the um okay, you're you according to this, you are twenty-eight years old and the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus still bring you gifts. Um, what are your feelings about these two creatures and how are these gifts delivered? So yesterday was Easter. Amen. And I, I got a text from my, my dad and he said, hey, you need to stop by the house. The Easter Bunny came by and brought you some stuff. Oh, so, what a doll he is. That's so really I did, sweet. So I did go by and Easter Bunny brought me some gift cards and some vegan chocolate because my sister is now a vegan. So I guess that means one of those. The whole family is vegan. The vegan chocolate. Yeah. How is the vegan chocolate? Is it like crumbly? Is it kind of like. Mm. Oh, I didn't it, even waxy? open it. You think waxy? I See, I would have thought it would be like dry, yeah, like it would true. be crumbs. Hey, hey Sarah, I've oh, told I'm this sure joke before. I've told this joke before, but how do you know someone's a vegan? You, they talk about it. Yeah, don't worry. They'll tell you. The same joke, the same <laughs> sign works for CrossFitters, too. CrossFitters. Yeah. That is so true. That really is so true. Sir, the next one is a little is a little weird because you didn't you didn't conclude it. Your boss proposed to you in front of six hundred college students. Yes. It, it, was he being for real? Are you engaged to your Did boss you or was this like a yeah. creepy? Yeah, engaged? I'm engaged. Yeah. Oh. Oh my. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. So he, were you I guys dating um, you know, at the time? I don't directly report to him, but he is technically my boss. Hey now, <laughs> at a so, girl, and we're getting Sarah. married. Sarah, I have a question. Did you feel because there were six hundred uh, young, uh, you know, uh, college students who, you know, they're they're, they're forming a lot of opinions oh. right now? Did you feel? Obligated. To, you can. Is he listening right now? Is your fiance around? Is your boss around? Because let's be let's be real. Wait, 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 wait. Are you around. allowed to make personal He's calls around, at work? But he told me he knows that I love surprises and that I love attention. So that was the best way for him to do it. So Sarah, do you know your perfect. enneagram number perchance? I'm seven. Yeah, of course she is. Yeah. Surprises <laughs> and attention. I got you. Oh, yeah, I'm a seven, and um, I think I'm pretty typical seven. So I love attention. And so he did it that way, which makes me sound really needy and self-obsessed. I'm neither of those things. I just like, you know, a big, a a big to do. Nobody thinks you're needy and self-obsessed, but I love watching you just dig your own hole and then jump right in it and just (laughs) keep talking. Sarah, you know, I don't know what, I can't remember my Enneagram number, but what my impulse was to do, even if I like, you know, if, if I was in your shoes and even if like, okay, I'm definitely want to marry this guy. And, uh, I definitely want to say yes, knowing there were 600 people there and that a better story for them to one day tell would for me to be, to say no in front of them. And <laughs> it was, it was seriously, it was insane. I mean, as soon as he said, what did he say? He said something like, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite, we were like emceeing at this camp that we take our students to. 
And as soon as he said my name, I mean, they abs, it was like Justin Bieber walked into the room. Like I couldn't hear him say, will you marry me? They absolutely lost. Are you sure he asked? Good question. <laughs> yes, I am. Do sure you think you're engaged, I but he doesn't? Have a ring. Oh, okay. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, that that would have made it all the better to say no. They're going crazy like Beaver walked in. You're just like, well, it's like oh, that. No, uh, no, it's no, like no. Uh, the Office. Michael Scott uh, with the cheerleader at the Dolly whatever oh, celebration. Gosh. And he gets up there on the mic and she says, "Can we talk about this?" Remember? Oh gosh, that is, why would you bring that or when up? He's why give out the batteries? bring up the cringiest office moments? Hey, Sarah, have you picked out an efficient yet? Sarah knows us. Yeah, I sure have. Yes, oh. I got I got two of them. We've got two efficients. But if you want to fly to Dallas, you can sub in in case. I don't actually Deal. work with Deal. I, don't, I don't work with other people, but I I appreciate the offer. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, call your efficients now and tell them they're done. They're they done. One of them is his dad, so no, I feel still. like well, it's going to be awkward. Um, but you offered and yeah, a deal to deal. That's a verbal contract, and I am now officiating your wedding between you and your boss. Call his dad right now. <laughs> this is what happened. We're actually Give all his five going to come and officiate. Sarah, we're all five. That would be a dream. Any of you ever officiated a wedding? No. Oh. I think you'd do that. I've done pieces. I just haven't done the main bucket list. Yeah. Uh, yeah all right, that. Sarah. The, the the real question I have is what? How how did your house burn down? Um, it was it was an electrical fire, and my dad's car was in the garage, and the gasoline made an explosion. Wow! <gasps> wow! Yeah, wow. it was crazy. Wow, so this wasn't just like a gentle. This, this was like all of a sudden no. right. we went from like zero to destruction. This is like that scene in The Godfather. Oh yeah, it was it was crazy, and my dad was home, but he was asleep. My <gasps> sister and I oh weren't home, and a neighbor that I've never seen before or since, whose name I'm pretty sure was Angel, <laughs> broke into the house to get my dad was out. Middle of the day or oh. like nighttime? It was at night. Okay. Wow. Oh my Sarah, gosh. I have a theory. Why were you out so late? What were you doing? I have a theory that I was at Whataburger. <laughs> oh, well, that's uh, what you do in Dallas. Right. You are so <laughs> you got a really great answer for everything. Yeah, she always it. has answers. You have a great so alibi. I'm sorry, answer about yeah. this. <laughs> I have a theory here, Sarah. Electrical I have a theory fire. That I think you and Angel are involved in this fire somehow and have been covering <laughs> it up with his water your Whataburger alibi yeah. and his I don't even know if he lives in the neighborhood. His name is Angel, how could be a bad guy? Let's be honest. You you were running some heavy equipment and caused the fire. <laughs> you know what's interesting is the alibi. Yeah. Because I believe that she was a waterburger and that's possible. When I stop and think about it, the cell phone towers just don't add up. Hey, like hey, she couldn't Sarah, have been there. And did Angel introduce himself as the Easter Bunny and that's why Dad just won't drop it? I don't know. Hey, we're hey, working on this. Hey, Eddie, you know what's interesting to Next me? Next week on Serial is Sarah and her sister are not home because <laughs> again, again. God, he cannot. I can't count that guy. Can't her her sister sisters are not home at the time of the fire because they're at Whataburger. That's really interesting, considering her sister's a vegan. Sarah, unfortunately, you've been trapped. Next, she was playing volleyball. She wasn't oh, at Whataburger, oh, and she okay. wasn't a vegan oh, at the time. Get your facts straight. Okay. Oh She's wow! A new wow! Vegan. Wow! Yikes! Stripes. I and love Jesse, Sarah. Jesse repeatedly does not respect that beat drop after no, four uh, measures. Yeah. Yeah, we were just no, counting because, the measures because I just blew the case wide open, Eddie. The joke was funny. We got it when the music started. You could have cut right there, but you still just <laughs> weren't paying attention. I blew it off. The, I'm. I went Encyclopedia Brown on this thing, man. All I needed like three clues oh God, to know that books. Sarah King 
Sarah, I, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. I think she's an arsonist. I that's, <laughs> that's my fifth interesting fact. Hey, Sarah, thanks for joining thanks. us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for mm-hmm. writing in your facts. Congratulations yeah, thank you guys. on your engagement and congratulations on congrats on your, getting away with the fire. Yeah, and your whole life. Thank, thank you. Yeah. That's the greatest <laughs> accomplishment. What's your, what's your fiance's name? Brandon. Okay, we'll we'll get Brandon's dad a call later today and break the news that yeah. we're going to okay, be it'll be fun. It's gonna, we're going to do a great job. The way I open awesome. a wedding is pretty. It, it's pretty interpretive. Emotional. Dance, it's right? beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's interpretive. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. can't wait. I can't wait. I'll see y'all yeah, there June thirtieth. All right. Oh, okay. see you, Sarah. Bye, buddy. All right. Well, now it's time for last week's feedback. Uh, last week we asked you. We were talking about Uber stories and Uber experiences. Remember the 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 Uber driver who Uber's map told them to turn left and went down the stairs. We want to know your craziest Uber stories. You guys hit us up on Twitter and you uh, at Relevant Podcast, and you also posted on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. I connected personally with Ashley Alley's on Twitter where she said she was running late for a conference. So she grabbed her razor and lotion and shaved her legs in the Uber. In the Uber. Which, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. So one time I ran late to the airport and the guy who picked me up was a guy that I knew from church. And we're halfway to the airport and he says, Annie, real quick before I drop you off, I think you need to brush your hair. Oh, <laughs> no. That's how you get a one like, star. Me and Ashley, sometimes we use our Uber to help us get ready as well as get to our location. Christina on the podcast episode page said that yeah, she had an Uber driver who informed her that he was from a former Soviet country. I love this one. He moved here because he had, quote, seen some things, and then he lifted up his hand to reveal he only had four fingers. <laughs> <gasps> no, that guy is my hero. That is the best joke ever. Oh, yeah, that is good. You think it's a joke? It may not be a joke. I mean, if it's not, it's terrifying. If it is, that's just magical. Yeah. Hey, remember, Cameron, we, me and you played in a poker. I won't give too many details because I don't know the privacy. But you remember we played in a poker game with a guy that only had four fingers. And he that's was right. and he would like show it to us. Eastern European. Points in the game. Do you remember that's that? Right. Yeah, absolutely. If you ever find yourself in a poker game with a man with four fingers, you're in a good poker game. Well, he has nine <laughs> fingers, just to be clear. Yeah, he's right. not down. He's not down like six. He's down two. Right. Yeah. Three on one hand and yeah, one on one. Oh the other. It's a weird stuff. Well, there's a lot more stories. Uh, we're, you should go check them out. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Well, I mean, earlier in the show, we were talking about shows that we actually would like to see rebooted. And yeah. so we want to know what shows you think should get rebooted, some of your favorite old shows, and maybe what the modern twist would be. What would be the update Yes, to yeah. make it you know, relevant again? Fun. And two, did they age? That's the question. Right. right. Yeah. right. And everybody's alive. Everybody can be alive. Everybody's alive. Well, because the thing is, is even if the character's aged, there's that new Al Pacino movie where he's playing, oh, I forget who it is, but he's, uh, but they're aging him via technology to be like 35 and part of it. Or it's like the Godfather and, 3. Yes, that's right. Where it's like 20 years later. Right. This yeah. is, we, 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 the magic of, yeah, they can age either way. Either way. Yeah. I feel like I mean, we've, this so, we've all seen Benjamin Button, Benjamin Button. We know what, we know how it works. <laughs> yeah, we, get it we know how this works. <laughs> all right. Well, tell us your shows that you think should get rebooted. Uh, uh, you know, NBC is looking for ideas. So, you know, and technology can do marvelous things. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast or post your shows and synopses on the podcast episode page at relevant magazine.com next Easter cats done. 
Cats? Don't, really? don't make us wait till Easter. Let's do it on July 4th. Easter story. Cats. But with cats. I've never seen cats. Oh, actually, do it kind of like the puppy bowl story. Like, do it with actual cats. But really respectful. But yeah. Yeah, there's nothing that says respectful like like a bunch of cats walking upright talking about Jesus' resurrection. Can't wait to see that, Eddie. That's going to be great. Farewell. Farewell. Cat sounds. That's terrible. Many thanks to this episode's sponsors for making the show possible. Remember, you can learn more about Hager USA by visiting their website uh, at H-A-G-A-R-U-S-A.org. Doing amazing work. Thanks also to Squarespace. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. And also to Casper. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash RM and using RM at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you also to our guests for joining us this week. Remember, Brian Houston's new book, There Is More, is out now. You can also follow him on Twitter at Brian C. Houston. Also, thanks to Kimbra. You can pre-order Kimbra's new album, Primal Heart, now and follow her on Twitter at Mm -hmm. Kimbra Music, K-I-M-B-R-A Music. There you go. Well, the new issue of Relevant, the 15-year anniversary with John Legend on the cover is out now. You can pick it up on newsstands nationwide or you can check it out at relevantmagazine.com. If you subscribe now, there's a good deal going on. Uh, You will get, uh, let's see, the order will come in in time that our next issue, um, our May issue, will get to you uh, on time. Jesse, that John Legend story was really good, but that was some really good writing. Oh, thank you. There you go. Appreciate that. Hey, uh, check out the new shows from the Relevant Podcast Network. The new season of, uh, or the the current season of the new activist uh, just dropped. So hot, so hot right now. Mm-hmm. Killing it this this. I feel year. weird making jokes about my own podcast during my own podcast read. So no, you go great, ahead. Though. Sorry. Yeah, also, <laughs> the Faith Angle with uh, Kirsten Powers and Jonathan Merritt is on their third episode, mm-hmm. and the Love and Money podcast, uh, which is a, a great listen. It's out now. And uh, they're fantastic. Uh, I think we're about to, are we about to roll out the new um, Mike Foster series? Yeah, this later, this, yeah. later this month, it's coming. Yep. You can listen to the trailer now, subscribe now, get a little, little taste Fun of therapy. it. And it's coming yeah. uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah, go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and, and download the new Fun Therapy trailer for season we, we've two. We've been busy. We've been busy. Lots of stuff. Yep. <laughs> Chandler feels like more like Chandler's when busy. <laughs> yep. Chandler is just leaving for vacation. He's not even joking around. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Coffold. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you next week. Hey, happy birthday, Jesse. Happy Carey. birthday, Jesse. The big two four. You know, it's interesting getting to know Jesse. You wonder, is there anything inside of his? Soul? Is there anything behind those eyes? <laughs> this year, as we come up on a, his birthday, I'm going to interrupt you, wonder, you right here. Before the drop <laughs> <laughs> we have one more measure. It's going to be so perfect. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesse. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. I am now officiating your wedding between you and your boss. Call his dad.